The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. With the Bears, we'll have all your Bears action on Sunday, really all weekend. The Bears look for their first win against Denver. Gosh, what a relief it would be if they can get the W. Tension, the the release of tension will be like unlike anything you've ever seen. I am uh, I am splitting the line here, Waddle. I am not going with the Bears win, but I am taking them with three and a hook. I have them losing by three. I think that that's I think that but I think that's fair. Yeah. It's I think like a 23 20 or a 26 like 27 24 because yeah. I'm going over taking the over 27 24 loss. And it's not being a hater. Look at this game objectively. Yes, the Denver Broncos are 0 and 3. Yes, their uh, their defensive statistics are just awful. They give up 458 yards. At 41 points per game. They're coming off of a game in which they gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. But they've got a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and a Hall of Fame caliber coach. And their roster's better than ours. So do you ask yourself the question, which team do you have faith in getting it right at least for the week? Or responding to the adversity, self-inflicted wounds that they they created last year which team do you have more confidence in getting it right for this particular sunday after what has transpired with each of the teams yeah the broncos and that's that would that's the basis for why i am going to choose the broncos as well the bears have to prove to me that they have the capacity to win a football game something they haven't done for how long and I know last year's different October than this year. October twenty fourth, or I, I did, and in, in, in I mentioned the column earlier. I listed all the things that have that happened, happened, or like, like just you, like one of the things is Rick Hahn uh, was looking for the next great White Sox manager at the time of the 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 last Bears win. Like that's how long ago it was. Rick Hahn was out right. on his pursuit for the next great White Sox manager. Listen, this is. And this is why I, I, I'm picking the Broncos. Do I believe the Bears can win this game? Absolutely. I would love for them to win this game, to release the sports tension that exists, to give them all a good feeling up at Hallis Hall. Take some of the pressure off. Then you can build short week. Maybe you can go to Washington and put another one, you know, another W on the board. This one, for them, could be just, I, I, I mean, could be the biggest win that a team could have in a very long time just to get that bad taste out of their mouth, but I uh, look until you do it. How can I trust that you're going to do it? Do you know who the uh, Bears defensive player of the game was in the Bears last win? Roquan Smith. You are correct. Roquan Smith had like 12 tackles, a sack, an interception, and a tackle for a loss. And listen, I still don't. The, the theory behind moving off of Roquan Smith still makes sense to me. You just have to find the right players. Either sign them or draft them to to do what you are asking them to do in that spot. If you're going to trade a good player, you have to replace him with somebody that's better. They haven't been able to do that. No. 312-332-3776. Chase Claypool spoke in the locker room. Courtney will start this with this with her question. And he uh, you'll hear the uh about a, a four or five second uh dead spot in here. He is nodding his head no. 
He's answering no about being put in the best position for him to succeed. But then he he sort of walks it back where he's like, well, look, I got to whatever, whatever their plans are. I I still have to just do what's what's best for the offense. So he's going to leave it up to them. Is basically what well, he said. No, no, that's in the second part. But like he tried to soften the blow. Like I, I don't know if he realized what he was doing. That he's like, oh boy, I, this is gonna look bad. The second part of it is when he's like again, li- listen closely to the middle part because while he's saying they don't put me in the best position for me to succeed, he also then in in the second question where Grody asks him something. He then tries to not indict them as badly, but is the damage already done? You know, it's he's he's odd in a lot of these scenarios. Like he doesn't hustle in game one when he's already got questions surrounding his effort. As you have said, this is the same player that that told you he issued an apology to his coaches and his players after the performance in week one. They they approached him on the sideline during the game, remember? Yes. This was during the game it was taken care of. They've talked about this during game one when he wasn't blocking. Do you feel like you've been put in the best position for you as a receiver to showcase the best of what you can do? It's not ideal. No, I, I'm, I wouldn't say that. Like, I think every situation has the ability to be ideal. I think we're just working towards that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't say it's the not ideal place for me. Like, obviously, there's other places. Like, you can say, oh, I want to be in the best offense, the highest passing yards. But, you know, that doesn't happen in football. You just have to make uh, do with what you got. Chase, what, what, is, what, what is the best place for them to put you to succeed? Um... You know, I'll let them decide that. I'm not going to give them any pointers. You know, that's their job to decide, and I'll just do what they tell me to do. So he said they're not putting him in the best position to succeed. But the follow-up question was, would you say it's not ideal? And then he said, no, I wouldn't say that. Look, I don't believe that this. This I I, I think so is, it, I've well, said all along that the that everyone deserves blame in 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 this situation for the lack of productivity. Everyone's culpable. Um, I don't believe that they did a nice. I don't think they did a very good job adjusting to what happened in the first half of Kansas City. Nobody was open. So as a play caller, I think that it's incumbent upon you to try to help get your guys open. They're not winning their one-on-one battles. Or the plays just aren't falling into line the way you want them to. you got to make adjustments. If you need to help them get open, stack them. Pick, rub, do all the other things that teams do. Put on the tape from Kansas City. They stack three guys over on the right. You don't even pose a threat to them because defensively you don't do anything really well right now. But they're still doing their best with motion and with formation to get their guys open in all of the holes that exist in this Bears defense. So... Uh, there's where the culpability is, in my humble opinion, with the coaching staff at times. When, when we're evaluating whether or not they're doing what's best with, with Chase, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought that they should really focus on using him in the red zone because of his size advantage. How many times have they been in the red zone? Not many. And then I would ask you, if they're not using him in the best way to take advantage of what he does well, you tell me, what does he do well? I don't think he does a lot well, but he should 
use his physical skills well. There was an opportunity in the middle of that field against the Kansas right. City Chiefs, and the play was obviously a good call. It was protected well. He did yeah. a really good job shaking free. He puts his arm up. He, he did, did not every, make the play. He did everything more of he should have done. More of those, though. Yes, yeah, but... but more of those, less screens. Just like DJ Moore didn't make a play. He didn't make a play just like Absolutely. DJ Moore. And I like DJ Moore. More for DJ Moore. Yes. More for DJ Moore. But there were more opportunities. Of that. No, in, no, like you said, no smoke screens. But they, no, they've thrown one fit. to him. And right. they haven't thrown another one to him since then. But they did that last year, too. Okay. Well, they got thrown- on the play where we lost our same game parlay. Didn't he lose yardage on a screen I like that? So. Three yards. I think so. Yeah, but but like, this year they've run one to him. Well, I know, like, but like they they aren't. Tar- well, I can't not- worry about last year. I can worry about this well, year. But that's the same offensive coordinator. I get who, it. who he- but but he's they're not doing it any longer. That's the adjustment they've made. If they throw him another smoke screen, I will be the first one to say I don't think that that's the best way to use him. Without a doubt, they're not target. Like it's it it's. I have the problem like when Justin answered the question at the podium about the targets for Mooney. And he and he got snippy, and he's like, well, now you're complaining about the targets for Mooney. You guys last week were tar- complaining about the targets for DJ. Uh, and then you're going to complain about the targets for Cole. And I would raise my hand and say, yes, I'm complaining about targets for everyone. No one is getting the proper amount of targets. I w- the entire offense sucks. I would say this to you. I think that they're 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 doing a worse job getting Darnell Mooney involved than they are Chase Claypool. Well, yeah, there should because be a pecking order. If you look at what they're asking these guys to do, there are a lot of instances where Darnell Mooney is basically just running clear routes. And I don't believe that that's the best use of him. I believe he's your second best receiver, and I would be focusing him more than I would. But that's not how they play them. DJ Moore is obviously the wide receiver that is getting the most run, the most snaps, and rightfully so. He is their best player regardless of position. He's played 167 snaps. He played 92% of the snaps in week one, 91 in week two, 100% of the snaps in week three. Chase Claypool has gone 78% of the snaps, 79% of the snaps, and 86% of the snaps. He's played a total of 144 snaps. Darnell Mooney, who to me is their second best receiver, has played 84% of the snaps, 28% of the snaps, and that may be because he got his knee dinged, and 71% of the snaps. He's played 113 snaps. I would say to you that they've done a worse job getting Darnell Mooney involved than they have Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool has 14 targets and four catches, if I'm not mistaken. Darnell Mooney has been targeted once in the last two weeks. That's after having four catches and a touchdown in the opener against the Green Bay Packers. That's what I mean. Like, and, and again, I would say that it, to me, the more talented receiver, and I, I'm not telling you the most gifted receiver. I'm telling you the better receiver, in my humble opinion, is Darnell Mooney. That's the guy that I would say needs to be more featured or they need to do more to help get the ball into his hands. They, they should there should be an there should be enough targets to go around. Absolutely. Like, totally. like they, they don't have too many. You know what I'm saying? No. They don't I, have I too many. Like look in weeks one and two, there were opportunities to throw the ball to guys. And Justin didn't throw the ball to guys. In week three against Kansas City, again from my visuals, there was nobody to throw the ball to in the first half of the game. Some things opened up in the second half of the game because they were trailing so badly. But 
there really wasn't anything to do with the football. Chase has got to make the play. DJ Moore's got to make the play. Like, and that's that, reality. And, and, then, and then Valus Jones keeps playing. Would you, they need to play. If you want a wide receiver to block already, just have EQ St. Brown in there and just bench Valus. There's no reason, like another Ryan Poles thing where they keep doubling down. Like, and, and you may say, Sylvie, what's your obsession with Valus Jones? Because I think it's more symbolic on the regime trying to force a mistake. Valus Jones is already on his way to Bustville. He, he didn't, I don't think he played a snap offensively all last week. He did not. This is an offense that is complete hot garbage. They need all the help they can get on offense. He is wasting a game day roster spot. He's been active the last two games, right? He wasn't yeah, active week right, one because exactly. of injury. So, He's played four snaps total. Four in the four second snaps. game and zero in and, this and game. And you're utilizing a game day roster spot, and an important roster spot on him to do nothing. Just because he's Ryan Poles' first offensive draft pick. Stop doing that. Admit you made a mistake and activate someone else who can help you on game day. I would say that you have redundancy with Tyler Scott and Valus Jones Jr. Uh, of course. And so Tyler why, Scott should be utilized. Right. So why not use Tyler Scott to do all of the return things of that course. you're asking Valus to do and maintain his reps when it comes to snaps on the offense and then bring EQ up to use and, and him in use a manner. Him to block. Because you're going to have to start focusing on running the football more going right. forward as well. And instead of having Claypool do all this blocking, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not, have EQ do, do what he does best. Absolutely. And again, just so people don't think I'm picking on anybody, I've said to you that when you put on the tape of Chase Claypool in week two and week three, the effort's there. It's not a problem with effort at all. It's about productivity now for yeah. me. yeah. Uh, Ira in Arizona. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ira? Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. On the subject, on the subject of holding Bears players accountable, in Eberflus's early tenure, he talked about a grading system based on the hits principle. The every player, every play is graded, and loafs are given out when effort is not there. They have that tool to hold people accountable. Are they still using the tool? No, it seems like a, it seems fraudulent. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see any. I don't see any evidence of that. I'm, I mean, again, I don't think I look on the film and I don't see at least from the receivers and tight ends the last two games. I, I don't think effort's an issue. So I don't know that anybody's getting a loaf. But but what, they're what, not getting. They're not getting loafs, but the best players performing the best are not playing week in, week out based on those grades. Look, I, I just told you what I would do is, is I'm focusing more on getting the ball in the hands of Darnell Mooney and Tyler Scott ahead of getting the ball in the hands of Chase Claypool and Valus Jones. Doesn't mean that I'm going to ignore those players, but I just don't think it's in your offense's best interest to only have thrown the football in the direction of Darnell Mooney once in the last two games. Yeah, no, that's that's terrible. Roy in Cedar Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Roy? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? We're good. Good, good. Hey, uh, I've been a Bears fan for about 20, 20 plus years now. Uh, my dad was a high school football coach, and he coached uh, all-time 
Chicago Bear Gray, out of Copper Snow, Peanut Tillman. Nice. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm just, I'm depressed, man. I just, I want to, I want to see some motivation. And I feel like from that press conference earlier with Eberflus, I, I he said the enthusiasm on the sideline will come with the big plays in the game. And I, I feel like that's backwards. I feel like the enthusiasm should come from the sideline to motivate the guys in the game. And I, I just don't see that. I don't see any motivation. Well, look, Roy, uh, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, it's, uh, again, I have, I have thought for the last couple of weeks, it's a team that A, has no, it's frustrated. There's no confidence there. I get that. But I think there's a lack of accountability, at least publicly, behind closed doors. I don't know how it's handled. And I told you, raise my hand, I am quintessential meatball, football meatball for saying it. But I'd love to see somebody flip a table or tell me that, you know, this isn't good enough and and show some emotion. Will that equate to 10 wins? No, I'm not saying it will. But at this moment, in this moment of time, I would love to see somebody that's really pissed off about what has transpired. Right. Not not just your fan base. (laughs) Stan on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Stan? Waddle and Sylvie. Love you guys. How y'all doing today? Everything's good. How about you? It's Friday. It's better than it was. <laughs> Water and Sylvie, I, I heard y'all talking earlier about when you guys started. 17 years. Man, that's been a long time. And I think I've been following you guys pretty much that whole time. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Okay, all the way from the Bears when they went to the uh, Super Bowl in uh, 06, right? Uh, I think that was 06. Yes, I think uh, I, I think uh, uh, Angelo was the GM. Am I correct? Yes, you yeah. are. Yep, Jerry Angelo, okay. Lovey Smith was the coach, and yeah. uh, and then the rumors started that we're getting this guy Waddle from down the dial, who made me wash his car back in the day when I. That's a lie. When, when I worked at GN, I with, never made him wash my guys. car. Yeah, that's, that's not true. And, and Waddle was a beast. I watched Waddle come in uh, in the early nineties. Uh, he, he was a, he was a slow white boy, but he would catch that <laughs> I ball. Still over, he would, I'm still a slow white boy. He would catch that ball over the middle and take that hit. Waddle, you was incredible. I got to give you your credit, big well, time. Always, nice want, you. always nice. want you to know that Thank he you, was Steve. a true bear, down to the heart. And you wore that uniform with pride, and you did your job. Thank you, Stan. Okay, Waddle. So I always love you for that because I'm a I'm a I'm a true bears fan. Thank you, Stan. Okay, so let's let, let's go back to the uh, to the beginning of the season when everything started because we've been going through this same thing with the Bears since then, probably before that. Let's start at the beginning. Okay, they 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 bring in the uh, the, the, the the guy that was helping them out, Poland, Bill Poland, right? Mm-hmm. They bring him yeah. in, right? Yes. Okay, so they bring him in. He tells them, I guess he guides them. Okay, so they hire uh, 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 Poles. And two days later, he hires Eberflus. Right. Am I correct about that? Yes. And they they interviewed Eberflus first out of anybody. Yes. Okay, so they already show you everything is a sham, a mockery from the beginning. <laughs> this is why you guys are getting on the players, Claypool and Justin Fields and all of them. It's not their fault. They're in a mess. It's a Palace Hall is a mess. We go through this every four or five years at Palace Hall. And y'all know this. Okay, that's why I went back to the timeline 06 when you guys first started. 
Okay, we go through this every four or five years. It's the same thing. So we need to stop blaming the players, okay? And we need to start looking at where the problem really is. The problem is the front office and the McCaskies. That's the problem. You guys don't want to talk about that. I know oh, you guys no, have I've to talked about it. I, look, Stan, I've, I've dubbed it the circle of suck. I have a name for it. Not only will I talk about it, I have dubbed it the circle of suck. Yes, Silver, you are. I'll give you your credit. But, but you Stan, have. Stan, while I while this is a systemic issue within the Bears, and 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 they have fanned the flames, they have poured gasoline on their problems, but we also have to look at the players and say that they have contributed of to course. their own lack of success as well, don't I, we? Yes, but again, just listen to what I'm saying. Let's go back to when it all started. Okay, it's the same thing every four or five years. So they bring in Eberfuss. We know they already wanted to hire him at first. So they tell you from jump things not starting off right. Let's look at that now. Then in the offseason, they had a chance to sign Orlando Bryant on the, 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 the left tackle from Kansas City. Then he went to the Ravens. Okay, that's a major investment for Fields that they should have signed him. So you, everything is starting off on the wrong foot right from there. Did he go to the because Bengals? The Bears not, I think he went the to the Bengals. Bears, yeah. The Bears do not do things right. Well, then, I, they, then they bring in the president after they hire the GM and the coach. It's the same thing every four or five you're right, years. It's backwards. We it's, need to start calling. We need to start directing our vow and our anger towards the organization and stop doing that to the players because these players didn't have a chance from day one to come in and do the right things because it's the process is always screwed up with the Bears. Stan, they always do things wrong, and then we blame the players. I'm with you. Okay, Stan, 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 what do you drink? Stan, what do you drink? Thank you for taking my call. Stan, Stan, right, we'll see you. Stan, what do you drink? What's your favorite drink? My favorite drink is lemonade. All right, well, go, go pour yourself like a, a nice, nice cold country, lemonade. Country time lemonade. Is that, I don't know if that's still considered of the good stuff. <laughs> go, go, go pour yourself that on some, on some ice and, and just chill out and take a breath. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right, Dan. Look, I, I don't think there has been a lack of criticizing the entire organization here on this show over the course of no, the last 16 no. years. I do resist, st- is, despite Stan's very nice comments, I resist the statement. That it's that the players are not culpable. As a former player, I would want to be held accountable for the mistakes I was making. That's good. This is a, you, you're a professional. Like I can't sit here and tell you because Ted Phillips didn't hire people correctly. That's an excuse for a a, a, a linebacker not to make a tackle or a wide receiver not to make a catch. Like this is the, the one of the, the, the I've been here how many years. We're at the station. Yeah, seventeen. Okay, so for seventeen Almost. years, how many times? How many times have you heard me say more than one thing can be true at the same time? Uh, one thousand eight hundred twenty-three. It's more than that. You're undershooting it. It's okay. about a million times. So the truth is, is the organization can be run inefficiently. The coaching staff cannot be putting guys in position to take advantage of what they do well, and the players also, when given the opportunity to perform can also make mistakes and should be held accountable. It's everybody. And I think that we have done you know, a, a pretty good job of spreading around the blame to the areas where it was most deserved. Yep. Uh, 312-332-3776. I got to tell you, when this season started, when we hit training camp, when we announced we were the home of the Bears, 
I was not ready for these big picture discussions for week either. three. No. Going into week four games. Was not ready. I did not, never in my wildest imaginations would I think that we would be having these broad discussions about our Bears team like we are now. And it is consumed, here. It's consumed the show so much that it is absolutely taking your mind off of your Cubs collapse. Yeah. And, and would you call it a collapse or a choke? Uh, Yurko and Cap uh, have sugarcoated it, and they say, no, it isn't a choke or a collapse. How, what would you call it? And we'll take more of your uh, Bears calls, three three two three seven seven six. The Cubs have made a move. We'll tell you what that move is coming up next. Big, really. Right in on his oh, thumbs. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Man. Well, you've got to be clean against this club. He gets a big punch out of Olsen, gets the weak comebacker from Rosario. You think he's going to get out of this pickle. Just can't. Got okay, in a hurry. See, he saw his head. He peeked up to find the base runner. Didn't secure the baseball. Oh, two. On the ground. Olsen is there. Glacius. And that's the ball game. Braves win it 5-3, and they sweep the Cubs. Yuck. It was bad. Marquee Sports Network. Our guy Boog, Jim Deshays on the call. It was his. Uh, it was his, his honor to join us yesterday. Is that what it was? Yes, it was. Yes, he loves coming on with us. He is. Uh, he is a great guy. And uh, Fildo just t- uh, tweeted. Fildo says, uh, "Sylvie, when you come back from that tease, I hope you'll be telling everyone it was a bowel movement the Cubs made down their pant leg. Total choke job." I heard Cap say this morning it wasn't a choke. Him and Jesse were having a debate. Uh, Jesse called it a choke. Um, and Cap... Sugar- That's a dirty word in the world of sports. I know it is. It I know. really is. There's got to be some... As everything, every conversation has to have some nuance. Maybe, I, maybe more I, of a gag job? That's kind of gross. Cap sugarcoated it, saying that they ran out of gas... Yurko said, eh, you know. Rain, running out of gas is not a good description for Seiya not making two yes, defensive plays yes. and Ian Happ not making the defensive play. Look, nobody Something has had, happened. Nobody has had more. I saw the stat last night. Dansby Swanson has been the best defensive player in baseball this year with runs saved. Isn't that what it's mm-hmm. called? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like 19, you know, runs have been saved by his defensive prowess, but he hasn't been, you know, on top of his games at time, at to- on top of his games at time, and and his offensive struggles have also I mean, come at the especially road. close and late. Have so, you seen his close and late numbers? Yeah. So, like, if you want to tell me that that players aren't hitting the baseball now the way that they were late or earlier in the season, maybe so. Or the bullpen, right? But running out of gas does not explain to me the def- the defensive mistakes that have been oh so crucial. When you drop a fly ball yes. with a one run lead in game one, that's, like they have, that's not running let, out of let, gas. Like I, I, I get choke is a very dirty word. It is. It's a very dirty word. But guys, let's call it what it is. The Cubs had a four or four and a half game lead uh, in the month of September. They had uh, an eighty five percent chance to to make the wild card and make a postseason. They had games against Colorado in Colorado. They had leads in Arizona. They had a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates at home. The Cubs choked it away. It, it wasn't on the level of, 
you know, some of the other ones, but whether you want to use CAG job, whether you want, they did not tire out. No. They, they, I would say that more to that, to that line of, they regressed to who they, who uh, I thought they, that's for me. No, no. I'm saying in terms they, of no, tiring out. No. I, they the, didn't. Well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm telling you how I feel about it. To me, you're wrong. I don't think they ran out of energy. I thought that they came back to earth. Talkman isn't going to be on base 38% of the time all year. That's not going to happen. The guys that were delivering, you can't expect guys that are delivering over-expectation for the they, whole year. They were one of the hottest, and I know that this will go into your regressing, but they were one of the best teams in the second half. And all of a sudden, against bad teams and in this way that they just completely... Crap the bed. They crapped the bed. They did. They did. But my point is, is do you believe that Dansby Swanson not batting, you know, at the same level or Talkman's average coming down or the guys coming back to earth a little bit? That's not choking. Choking is not being able well, to make no, there's a play. Well, baseball's t- baseball's top with this. Like hot and cold in baseball. Right. Like we know it's a streaky game. That's not but, choking. Like what I don't like about the way David Ross manages either is, and I've told you this, I've told Jesse this, when Chris Morrell gets into a slump, David Ross doesn't let Chris Morrell out of a slump because he's young and he's unproven. When Dansby Swanson gets into a slump, Dansby Swanson plays and plays and plays and plays. Ian Happ, when he gets into a slump, he bats third over and over and over and over, and he continues to play. David Ross loves himself some veterans. He never lets young guys play themselves out of a slump. I agree with you Chris Morrell has... Like I like to say back in the day about Solaire and Javi, he is thunder in his stick. He is something in that bat that not a lot of guys in that lineup has. He has some power that not a lot of players he can win games. He can change a game. Now he's got some flaws too that he's gotta learn how to he, he he's gotta develop. David Ross doesn't want to give him the room to make mistakes. But he does allow the veterans lots of room to go into slumps. And I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with not allowing Christopher Morrell to continue to get at bats considering he can change a game and has changed a game on a number of occasions. And, and, and with Assad too. So, you know, Assad was very good for them. But as soon as um, uh, Stroman came back... Stroman's been one of their worst pitchers since London. Let's get Stroman back in the in the rotation. Assad doesn't get a start again. Did that that work out well? I don't believe so. so I, like he loves him. What I what I always liked about Madden. A lot of people had flaws with Madden about you know in whenever you watch a manager first of all for 162 games you're always going to have problems with day-to-day moves it's the nature of the beast in baseball but what i always liked about joe madden is the culture and his way of doing business with young players he would say to javi try not to suck no big deal and every young guy that would come up he'd throw him into the fire and he'd say look Play through it. Play through it, and we're, we're gonna. You have too much talent. We're gonna live with you, Schwarber. You're getting brought up. We're throwing you into the fire, Addison Russell. We're throwing you into the fire. We're throwing all these young guys, Chris Bryant. You're going right into the fire. 
Um, David Ross doesn't like playing young guys. He loves Eric Hosmer. He loves Trey Mancini. He loves Miles Mastroboni. He just likes veterans for the sake of playing veterans, even if uh, a young guy who is who could be very toolsy could help them out, but they're not proven, and he doesn't let them make mistakes. I think it's fair. I, I would have, if I was you, I would have wanted Morrell as my 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 DH pretty much every night. Because he has the opportunity. Yes, he has the... He gives your team... Not only can he change a game instantly, he brings an energy to the game and, and, and I think provides something, a spark to your team that some of the other guys don't bring. So Al now, Zelaya uh, was just activated today. I, now, I agree with you. The defensive miscues for a team that has been as good as probably anybody in Major League Baseball this year defensively uncharacteristic down the stretch and they didn't deliver on crunch time if you want to connect those dots and say that they choked on that front then i got no problem with that at all when guys go cold though as you said this is a game of streaks i can't necessarily look at a guy like dansby swanson and say because he's not hitting in the month of september the way he did earlier in the year that's not a choke to me that's the nature of the beast right there's shades of it i mean yeah I mean, you're paying a lot of money for guys to deliver. That's sh- that, that's true. I think that that more of the defensive mishaps to me lean much more toward that explanation for why they are not where they need to be. Like, like that's what I loved about the 16 team. For years and years, I would watch. The bigger the game, the bigger the mistakes used to get for the Cubs. I remember in the 08 playoffs, they played the Dodgers. And there was one game, I think it was game one or two against at home against the Dodgers. Every player in the infield made an error. Third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, first baseman. They all made an error in that game. And they took turns. Just It, it, it was the pressure of not winning all those years. In 16, it didn't matter when times got tougher. They're like... Screw it. You know, we're down 3-1 against Cleveland. You know what? We'll find a way to come back and win three straight. Oh, you know what? Rajay Davis just hit a home run, and we're de- and now all of a sudden it's a new game. The rain delay happened. We'll, we'll find a way, instead of collapsing, we'll find a way to win this even still. So, like, I, I, and this, to me, in these last couple of weeks, reminded me of some old Cubs teams where they would find ways to lose games. You know how you always say when it's going well, those 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 little little pop ups drop, yes, and the luck goes your way. Yeah, a lot of that stuff completely went the other way, yes. where errors were made, clutch hits didn't happen, slides were weird. Well, and and again, your guys' team, as 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 nice as they are in certain spots. You don't have enough dudes to overcome some of the mistakes that were made in the last couple of weeks. Like other teams may have those dudes that can power you through those moments. Your guys, you don't have those guys. No, right. They're a third wildcard team or yes. a second wildcard right, team. They're, they're not. They're not Atlanta. Right. No. And that's, that's why I was like, I'll, I'll not throw back in there for the, trust me. For, I'm not going to throw back in their face that they didn't sell because I'm I'm on the joyride now. Absolutely, so but but that is why I was always on the bandwagon. Why I thought at the time they should sell because I never truly thought that this was a 
a pennant-winning team. Right. But... Good team on the rise. Yes, yes. Whose better days are ahead, but not ready for prime time just yet. But they should be able to compete with the Marlins and the Diamondbacks and come out ahead the way they were playing. They should have won that, especially when you're spotted a four-game lead over them. Look, go up to—you're in Milwaukee, but— Take two or three or take all three from the Brewers, and you'll be in the postseason more more than likely. Really? I mean... Well, who are the, who are the Marlins have? The Marlins at Pittsburgh. So, and then now, what is it? What, what would they be now? A game behind? The Cubs? Yes, because they're, they're winning that game correct. against they're, the Mets. Correct. The, the Cubs are half game behind the Marlins, so the Marlins need to win Let's, one less and game. And the Marlins have the, the tiebreaker. The, the tiebreaker, so it's yeah. almost in essence like they're two behind. That's true. You're right. So it's if they sweep, the Marlins would have to lose two of three. Two of three. And then go back to... Would they have to go back to New York and yes, and then they would lose have to complete that game it. that they're li- they're leading two to one, correct? In the ninth inning, I'm counting that as a win already. Let's okay. count that as a win. So I think the the Cubs would have to sweep and they would have to lose two out of three. So yes. right. So the the percentage of going to the postseason now is like twenty percent. Is it twenty five? I think Car- I heard Carmen say. All right, we've got hot take time machine coming up. Um, why don't we give this away now? It was a nice now. deviation or, or, or detour from the from Bears the, we've, talked, we, we've made ourselves, so like get away from making ourselves sick over get the Bears. Let's talk about a choke job. Um, Grand and Western Liquors brings you Hot Take Time Machine Car 6 right now. Wins a gift card to Grand and Western Liquors. It's where I pick up all of my wine, all of my spirits, all of my beer, stock up for the football weekend. They're located at the corner of? Grand and Western. Right in the heart of the city. They pass the savings on to you. uh, When you walk in there, shout out to Alex. Say, hey, Waddle and Sylvie sent me. What's up, Alex? 312-332-3776. Car 6 wins a gift card to Grand and Western. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Korczynski looking for Bedard. Loose on the crease and a score! Traffic in front and the Hawks break through. Philip Kurashev with the first goal of the preseason for the Hawks. Dean to his feet, and here comes Bedard. Crowd on its feet. Bedard for Athanasiu. He scores! That's an overtime winner for the Hawks. NBC Sports Chicago with a call. Bedard. We have something to be excited about. Yeah, Bedard with two assists. Saucer pass. I can't wait to talk hockey with you as yes. the season unfolds. And we're back. Yes. The hockey show is back. Uh, this portion of Waddle and Sylvie brought to you by our great friends and partners over at Steinhoffels. I was talking to my guy Jordan about Steinhoffels uh, today upstairs. Going to get those uh, new love seats, the coffee table, the nightstand. Well, when's it going to be there? You next keep telling week, me about it. Next week. Next week's the date. Okay. Going to see my uh, guys over at the Vernon Hills store. What color did you purchase? The it's like the uh, the brown, the okay. coffee brown. I believe right. it's a, a like a lighter brown. So it won't show stains, which is great. Well, with the kids, yes, right. you have That's to watch I mean. out. 
I'm getting the full protection on them too. So if there's any sort of, so a, you're gonna put plastic on it like my grandmother no, used to do. No, if no. there's a stain, then they 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 come out and they, they spray re- it. Yeah, they spray well, it. So I that, don't know if they spray no, it. they they spray it so that if you spill something on it, it won't leave that lasting spray uh, stain on it. You don't spray anything on it. I'm, I have no intention of doing that. Uh, I don't the, even think you'll let me sit on it. Yes, if I come you will. You, you come over to the house. It's it, it won't be like your beautiful room that you have, but it will do. Why? 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 Is that just a reflex? Is that just no, a reflex for you? Won't compete. You, you know, you have to take a shot at me. I wasn't taking a shot at you. Do you have a, a hot take time machine, really quick? Yes. Or, or the, are we out of time? This was Sylvie. You tweeted this six uh, years ago today. Fitting, given the events of today, bad and unlikable. Hashtag bears. What did I tweet? How many years ago? Uh, six years ago. Bad and unlikable. Hashtag bears. That was 2017. The more things change, the more they remain the Must same. Must have been a Sunday night game, too, because it was uh, about 1030 at night. Was it? A, I think it was a Mike Lennon uh, quarterback game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right he before never played at night, did he? I think they had benched him by then. I think Maybe they played a late tweet then. No, I think he played like four did games. He? he started four games and then they moved to Mitch, didn't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you to Tom Thayer who joined us today. Uh, anybody who else joined us today? Uh, Doug Kazarian. Doug Kazarian. That is right. And that was it. Just our callers, our fine listeners. Yes. Thank you for calling. Thank you to Tyler and Meller. Bears win or lose, buddy. They lose by three. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. White Sox baseball up next at CSPN 1000. Have a great weekend. It's the classic. I am really excited. That was a that was a big thrill. Hi, it's Andre Dawson, including myself, Ed Belfort. Who's getting wild tonight? That's what I'm talking about, baby. No high from you. What? No high from you. And give him more buys and highs. Waddle, waddle, waddle. Then he waddled away. Waddle, waddle. Till the very next day. And thank you to all and to all a good night. I just want to say thank you all. And as always, f- everybody else. I love y'all. 